Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a Hi, Jackie Cation here. You're listening to The Dork Forest. You know the websites, dorkforest.com, thedorkforest.com. If you like a determiner, jackiecation.com has everything. Both of my podcasts, all of the stand-up stuff, the new album, links to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. But so I think does dorkforest.com, where you can look at old videos of different shows. Anyway, if you want to support the show, tell people about the show, review it on iTunes, thumbs it up on Pandora or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate that. You can donate. You can donate monthly. PayPal lets you do that. You can also do my Venmo if you like. It's at Jackie Cation absolutely everywhere. And my email address is Jackie at JackieCation.com. And that's what the PayPal is. The PayPal link is on JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. And go to any of them. Thanks for listening. There's merch. There's stand-up. There's tour guide. You know, you can find out where I'm touring. This is getting long. So let's get into the show. Hey, Jackie Cation, I'm in my living room. You see Spider-Man? You see Spider-Man? Spider-Man's watching. Uh, I have uh, a returning guest. Oh, he has a beverage. I forgot to get one. Zach Sherwin, welcome back to the program. Hi, buddy. Thanks for having me back. It's so nice to be here. It was so great doing a show with you. It's at Zach Sherwin, by the way, Z-A-C-H-S-H-E-R-W-I-N, everywhere. At your Twitters, your Instagrams, your TikToks, your LinkedIn, whatever, uh, Tingle Tangle, whatever you want to find Zach Sherwin. He'll, he'll be available at Zach And I do want to say I've been posting a lot of Tingle Tangles lately, and I feel like <laughs> I'm really mastering the platform. Um, uh, I've wanted to have you on the Crossword Show for literally eons, and yes. we finally made it happen in Austin, Texas at the Moon Tower JFL Comedy Festival, and you were stupendous. And you were stupendous, and that thing was hilarious. And all I could, I literally sat there going, this is so much work. Look how much work he's doing. <laughs> Look how much work he's doing just for the joy of it, uh, people, which, of course, yeah. Sometimes people, often people say to me after they see the crossword show, that must be so much work. And I feel like I could take it as a left-handed compliment, but it only, that's what I want people to feel is just like, I did a lot of work and it's so you can just have fun and enjoy this crazy ass thing. Right. Well, and that's it. I mean, the thing is, is there's so much work in all of the things that people do. Like if somebody makes you a bookshelf, you're like, oh, my God, this was so much work. And boy, did I need this bookshelf. Yeah. So thank you so much for making for that work. And it is an appreciation. So um, thank you. And I you hope know, you make a gajillion dollars. on. So. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, at the show, you told me uh, you hoped I made a billion dollars. So I got a raise since then. It's, and I it, inflation it's is just, wild. Inflation is a little wild. And of course, it's been cooking. It's been cooking. I've decided to give you a pay raise hey, in the last um, month and a half. Yeah. The not to plug my own television appearance is too hard, but the first time I was ever on TV performing was um, on Kamau Bell's first show, Totally Biased. And I did, I did this rap called Grit and Grin, and it was like a ventriloquism rap. Like I did the whole thing with my teeth clenched. And it was about how like showbiz um, is like you just show the outside and you don't show all the like mouth work that's going on behind the scenes, behind the teeth. So that was kind of like the metaphorical concept of the show of, the, oh, of, the rap. Uh, of, of that rap. That's yeah. right. Cause you'll, you'll write raps and then you'll just do freestyle. I don't freestyle that much these days, but I do occasionally, I, I will bust it out on occasion. 
Because when we met back in the 12th century, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, it might have been mm-hmm. in New York. And um, and you were uh, Mr. Napkins. Yeah, I used to be MC Mr. Napkins, um, my, my rap name. 2023 will be the 10-year anniversary of me officially relinquishing the name. Right. Well, which I always thought was a reference to comedic com- uh, comics, just the stealing of napkins. Oh. Um, I don't know what you, where it came from for you, but that's what I always thought. I was like, we are hard on napkins. <laughs> of comics. <laughs> so. And I feel like there's all these like showbiz legends of like deals being hashed out on like cocktail napkins and stuff like that, or Eminem writing rhymes on napkins. But part of the reason I dropped the name was that I didn't have any origin story that was anywhere near that good. It was just like a wacky oh. choice I made in my team. And you, and you kept, and people kept asking you for the origin story, I bet. And you're yeah. like, I'm tired now. Let's Eventually, just go with Zach Sherwin. It's yeah. just going to make things easier. <laughs> I got to do this sooner than later. It was still probably about like 10 years too late to do it. But um, yeah. <laughs> the second but I, best time to plant a tree. Uh, the time right in front of you. You know how old you're going to be if you don't drop that name? The same age. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we were going to talk about word stuff, but you thought, can I just slip in some dorkdoms that you may not know that I am? So let's hear it. What do you What do you want to dork out about that that we didn't? do any prep so last time i was on the show was in 2015 and i dorked out about um cryptic crossword puzzles and that was before the crossword show existed by the way so you know it's nice to see that i'm sticking to my guns right Um, right you still love a letter still still love love a letter i mean should we start there my wordplay awareness has branched out and flowered since then since i came up with the crossword show in like 2017 so i was still two years out that's so wild Mm -hmm. um We've known careers are weird, man. Like we've yeah, known each other for a long time. And uh, I, I talked to my friend's nephew yesterday, who's 16 and like wants to get into showbiz. And, uh, you know, you were there I, at his birth. And, uh... <laughs> I delivered him um, <laughs> in an elevator. Uh, but he was like, so um, my first question is like, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, if you are just getting started. And I was like, way to perfectly play the role of kid asking older person for advice. But I said, um, I really think the only thing I would say is that you start meeting people right away. Like the game starts as soon as you start playing it. And the people that you meet immediately um, or we'll not come as, back, like we'll come, yeah. other people your entire career. Like the second you set foot in your first open mic, you are eligible for meeting people who are going to like, give you jobs in 30 years it's so right bonkers. it is so be nice being just be basically and nice. be aware yeah. be cool especially yeah. if it's beyond your power as it was mine yes yes i distantly polite sometimes when i meet the famous and they're distantly polite i'm like this might be all that they can achieve quite honestly because yeah. of the numbers game because of how intense people are because people people are it's just even if even if they aren't famous, even if like when you meet when you meet somebody in a restaurant, distantly polite is sometimes the best we can do. And I say aspire to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because if it's you start there, it'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Let, let that be the base. Totally. And yeah. Because it'll be like, fine. Everything above that will be fine. That's right. You can get into like A, B, C plus gradations later on, but just start with pass fail. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So. Uh, um, 
how did I even get here? Well, so just to dork out about wordplay stuff for a little bit. So I was like getting into crossword puzzles and that kind of thing. And, you know, to be honest, even though I now host something called the crossword show, which for people who don't know, is it, which is almost everybody is a show I invented where, um, it's like, I collaborate with a different New York times published crossword puzzle maker, uh, with every new puzzle. And we have five of them so far. So the one you did was number five. Um, and oh, so by the way, feel free to email me if you are a New York Times a published crossword puzzle maker, because maybe you could collaborate with Zach. Oh, yeah. I mean, now I'm like hooked into the awesome, supportive. Oh, that's great. Scene. So, it's a whole universe. And, and they all know each other, I bet. They do. And they're all so smart and interesting and interested. It is like the most I love them. I'm so happy to be in there to whatever extent I am. So yeah, they make a puzzle. I write clues for it. The clues work like normal crossword clues, but they're also rhyming rap lyrics. And then wow, yeah. I walk I walk people, I walk the comics through the show and the crowd watches. We like display everything on like a big projection screen behind. And basically every time the guest panel, which included you in Texas, gets a word right it like unlocks some content based. So if the word was like Pelican based on whatever the clue was, we do some comedy or some trivia about Pelicans. And then it kind yeah. of goes from there. Um, so I was just getting into that stuff like early on, but now I've learned about all these boutique kinds of wordplay like, and maybe, you know. Boutique wordplay? Oh, Hilarious. it gets so deep, dude. It goes <laughs> so deep. Um, so I'll talk about my favorite kind, which I'm obsessed with spotting in the wild. Um, and so this is called super vocalics. Um, so in the wordplay world, vocal means foul. Um, okay. And so a super vocalic is a word or a phrase or a name that contains one instance each of all five of the vowels. So it's easier to have an example. So the word facetious is a yeah. really nice example. It has one A, one E, one I, one O, one U. And what's special about, and, and only one, it can't have two if it has okay. repeat, That's not okay. super vocalic. So they're kind of rare. And yeah. facetious is cool because it has all five of the vowels in alphabetical order. So oh, that's, that's like a little nuts. Bit. Yeah, all right. Uh -huh. um, another really good example is reform Judaism, the religious tradition I was brought up in. Uh, <laughs> Austin Powers is super vocalic. Julia Roberts has a super vocalic name. Okay. Um, and a really fun, cool thing, because the name was made up by crossword people and they're like brilliant word loving dorks who like joy. Mm -hmm. um, the word super vocalic is itself super vocalic. It has one of each. So it does. I just wrote it down and there they are. They're not in alphabetical order, though. No, no. not facetious. That's just but a bonus. And then so, yes. Yeah, so then you get into ones like facetious. There's um, what's called a perfect five which is a five word phrase that has one of the vowels in each of the five words. And so the best example of these is a rapper named Ski Mask the Slump God. <laughs> uh, I love Ski Mask the Slump God. All right. Mm -hmm. Where's he out of? What's his jam? I think he's New York, but I'm not positive about that. Okay. Um, and so now, so these, I should just give credit where it's due. These were invented by a guy named Eric Chaikin. Eric lives in LA. Mm -hmm. um he he came up with the name and like did a lot of the like data work i'll send you a link to a paper he published that's like every combination of the vowels as represented in webster's dictionary like every order he like went through and wow. used science to figure it out and so 
now I like finding them out in public, um, just like in the world. And yep. um, oh my God, it gives me so much joy. I actually worry about like crashing my car when I'm driving because I'm just like looking around trying to find super. <laughs> and so I'll just tell you too, in my immediate neighborhood, I live in Los Files in Los Angeles. And so down the street from me is a, is a, a business called Hillhurst Mortgage, which okay. is a really nice fat, super vocalic. But the best one is... I've been driving by it for years. Um, there's a doctor's office and the doctor's name is Michael Burton, MD. So that's super vocalic. And then right underneath it, I'll send you a picture that you can put in your show notes or whatever. Okay. It, it says medical group right underneath. And it's the word medical group. medical group is super vocalic. Okay. Uh, that will be the inset picture in the slug. It'll be a picture of you, picture of the logo, inset, medical group. I'm going to want to see that. That's awesome. I just sent you the picture so you can take a look. Done and done uh, as we did it. So super vocalic, that... It's 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 so interesting. I had Ken Jennings on an episode of the Dork Forest once mm-hmm. and his his dorkdom was geocaching, oh. <clears throat> which is um, a hunt, what a, a scavenger right. hunt, yeah. but around the world. And it's like, yeah, right. And he said, the, but by the only the only reason I tell you this is my I think my favorite story when he was on was he was saying that the only time he did, he didn't like it was when people would put stuff in like ruins, famous ruins. He's like, it's not a locker. Please do not, you know, stick an army guy behind a rock and Angar Wat in <laughs> Cambodia. So there's no need to move the ruins. <laughs> so I wonder if there's anything like super vocalic. If, are there dirty ones? Are there swears? I bet oh, you there are. That's such a good question. Well, you can... You can come up with that. Like if you contrive them, we can make them up on the spot. Like, um, like I'm trying to think like, um, uh, like it's hard. Fucking has a nice U and an I and head has an E and an A. So all you're missing is like an O. So got fucking head would be like a fucking head would be a super vocalic boob wouldn't work two O's, two words yeah totally but (laughs) tit would work work sure sure vag vag has a nice a vagina actually a i no two a's you gotta go vag yeah you gotta go one you gotta go shortened yeah just vag i don't know why i made i was like immediately i've got to turn it into a dick joke for some reason it's Uh uh so there you go a dick joke, a dick butt joke would be um would, would be, be super vocal. Oh, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. a dick butt joke. So something to aspire to, you guys. A dick yeah. butt joke. A butt Kill. dick joke. A butt um, dick joke. Right. The order that we have on those vowels. Pardon me. If we spot any more during the um during the podcast today, we'll flag them. But Dork Forest is instantly disqualified because it's got two O's right out of the gate. Right, right. So. Oh, oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there, you noticed it. Yeah. There is another, like a related kind of wordplay. So again, vocal means vowel. And so univocalic is stuff that only has one of the vowels, no matter how many times. So for example, um, like uh, bana- the band Bananarama um, yeah. only has the letter A. Ellen DeGeneres' long name only has the letter E. Um, oh, wow. 
There's a Tuvan throat singing musical act called Hun Hur Tu. And it's just like the letter U all the way through. All right. Crossword show is only O's. Only O's. So it's univocalic as opposed to super vocalic. And are there other vocalics? Yeah, there's one other I can think of. Um, So super vocalic is all five of the vowels only once each. And then what about if you have the, because there's ones that have Y in them, right? Right. um, the, so the Greek root E-U-R-Y, Yuri, means like broad or wide, um, like in the Eurythmics, for example. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, and so Eric Chaikin and crew, the aforementioned, made up the word Yuri vocalic um, to describe ones that also have a Y in them. So like the most broadly vowel-y. And it's nice because Yuri vocalic is Yuri vocalic. Oh, that's uh, fun for him and you. Yes. Uh, because it is so Yuri vocalic is super vocalic, but with also a Y. But also with a Y. Yuri vocalic. Now we know mm-hmm. that is I did you ever read there was a book. I wonder if I've got it. No, nope, I don't. It's uh, it's in a, it's in a box. Uh, it's called Sharper Teeth. Ooh. And it is a book about Los Angeles, but it is um, werewolves who are in mm. a pack. Like, and they also play bridge and there it is written in some sort of not iambic pentameter, oh. but it is written in some sort of uh, poetic style. Right. And sharp teeth. And for some reason, I'm making the audience sit through it. Hi, guys, you're doing vital work listening to me <laughs> figure out sharp teeth is a book by uh, Toby Barlow Ooh. and um it is a book, about, and it's it's a beautifully written book, and it's kind of a fun story, though I understand why it would be, um, why it would be hard to start, right? It was hard for me to start, right? To start reading. Yeah. Um, this is, it is written, I need them to tell me what it's written in. Instead, here you go. Zach, I'm eating up your dork forest time. We can go over (laughs) by telling you this. It's an ancient race of lycanthropes, werewolves, Mm -hmm. has survived to the present day, and its numbers are growing as the initiated convince L.A. is down and out to join their pack. Caught in the middle of our Anthony, a kind-hearted, besotted dog catcher, and the girl he loves, a female werewolf who has abandoned her pack, blending dark humor and epic themes with card-playing dogs, crystal meth labs, surfing, and carne asada tacos. Sharp Teeth ca- uh, captures the pace and feel of a graphic novel while remaining as ambitious as any literary novel. Because underneath all that fur, it's about identity, community, love, death, and all the things we want our books to be about. Uh, which is adorable, uh, but it does not uh, tell me what it is written in. How can it not state the constraint? That's the part I'm like, I'm, ha- I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. And well, we're, we're fucked. And somebody should email me, uh, Jackie at JackieCation.com. And, and you should just look it up. Because I'm very interested in learning what the, what the rule is. You yeah. know, let me say two things. First of all, it just makes me think how much I appreciate constrained writing. And like, it, it's so freeing. You know, like it's so cool to I often find that without like one leg of the triangle, I just have nothing to 
I don't know how to start formulating and expressing. I think and feel so many things, but it's like, I really find it useful to have some kind of constraint in place to like help direct me and get me started. And then I fill in the other legs of the triangle with like my thoughts and feelings and ideas and excitements. And so I love that about the crossword show because the words like help me, you know, give me like a jumping off point. And so I really, I find, I find it very freeing. That's like hip hop as well. Right. I mean, that is, Mm -hmm. um, that's such an interesting theory is that constrained reading or writing uh, constrained both, I suppose, but uh, constrained writing, you find that free mm-hmm. when, when you've been given this narrow focus and you could, you could put all of your thoughts and dreams and words and every word you ever wanted to, it just has to rhyme. It just has to be an iambic pentameter. It just has to fit nine word, nine letters down. And right. also, mix with the cross you know the the way across you know and again gonna make it about me it's because i like you uh when i was in fifth grade yeah. one of my least favorite teachers had one of my most favorite i really liked her but she didn't like me which made me not like her back because that yeah. is how i live my life i like everybody until they don't like me and then i'm like <laughs> no i guess they don't get to like you either anyway uh <laughs> but the thing is this is who loved my sister Darla, uh, she uh, would make us write stories in fifth grade. And the way she did it was she would take like sort of an improv class where she would take suggestions from the, from the kids. Mm. She's like, I need uh, four words. And then she would make the title of everybody's story. Whoa. The dog who made sandwiches, right? Whatever. Um, the boat that landed on the roof whatever. And then you would have to write a a two or three page story, Mm. which is a lot for a 10 year old. Um, All of my stories, weirdly enough, had children beating up adults. (laughs) Such a weird twist. I think that speaks to a lifelong inclination on your part to like call bullshit out and like, you know, speak authority. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So, but so I'm interested just like, do you feel, because one thing I see when I watch standups is like, I, I've found all these, you know, corners to paint myself into. And then like, to the extent that people think it's exciting to see somebody like, you know, like Houdini escape from a trap. Like, that's what I'm trying to get to one day is be like, look at this trap I made up for myself and I'm going to get out of it. Is that fun to watch? I hope so. I <laughs> career on it. But right. when I watch, when I watch standups, which I honestly don't identify as um, I've done standup before, but like, I don't think that's what I am. When I watch people like you, who I do think of as a very pure standup, I think like, how did they, you have to have some internal sense of like, this is the kind of thing I Jackie talk about when I'm on stage. I mean, do you relate to that? Like, does this constraint thing feel applicable for how you do? It's interesting because I never think of standup as constrained at all, mm-hmm. but it must be, right? What? Um, it must be just because of, of the fact that if we, if I look at like my old, like I'm trying to find clips to put on online now. And if I look at old bits, mm-hmm. they're in sort of the same form, right? Yeah. They're vaguely storytelling. They're a little quippy. I've got the same attitude I had 30 years ago as I do right now, uh, but it's tighter now, right? I get to the punchline yeah. faster. Sometimes the topics are bigger um, or I go deeper into them. But I think with 
with stand-up, as far as I can tell, the only rule is that there has to be punchlines. And when I first started, when I first, well, when, when, when I first started, there was just a lot of bossiness that I didn't really listen to, but there was a secondary bossiness that came with Seinfeld. And it was how many laughs per minute were you getting? Right. It got like data quantified. Right. There was someone with a spreadsheet who lost their damn mind and they were like, well, it's got to be every four seconds or every two and a half seconds, every six seconds, whatever it was. And I remember I thinking, that. I can't, what? that will not be my, I will not be able to achieve that. You might hear a, a train or a, something behind me, airplane, a, a train in the sky. A sky train. A sky train. Um, I don't hear it. I remember, okay. wasn't there a documentary that came out that like rated comedians on their like laughs per minute? No, but that sounds like something I don't want to watch, but I want to know about, right? <laughs> like it named <laughs> specific comedians. <laughs> right, because you're just, and because and then it would be like when you think about different stand-up, like you think about, um, it's a small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. Who's that guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Yeah, so he's the quintessential one-liner guy, right? Right, right. And I remember I went and saw him because I was like, what does 45 minutes of that look like? Well, it isn't that. That's not what it is. No uh, one can sustain it. No one wants to watch it. I'm sure it's very funny, but nope. He So he mixed it up with some sort of longer stories, not that long, and some pauses, but that's a real constraint. Yeah, um, that's sounds exhausting to listen to a straight 45 minutes of that and yes texture seems like it would be essential there I, yes. I sort of feel like maybe the because I, I said I it might it might just have gotten lost in the zoom exchange before but I said stand-up feels the opposite of constrained writing or like expression to me oh, and okay. maybe so maybe the constraint is like you know, that thing that it's like that people love to say that it's like the purest art form, but maybe one of the one of the ways in which I agree with that is that um, the constraint is like you, like it, one needs to chip away the excess marble of the sculpture to like figure out what the fuck you are and like what is a true Jackie thing to say. And then the constraint is like, would Jackie, the person who lines up Venn diagram style as closely as possible with the Jackie on stage, like, would Jackie say that? Is that in Jackie land? Right. I wonder, yeah, that is, um, maybe that's why people think it's the hardest uh, job in the world is because you have to find your own voice so hard. Yeah. And, um, and if the only constraint is you and you don't know who you are, you're just going to throw poop at the, at the walls. Yeah. In, in the hopes to get a reaction, which is what all comics do in the beginning. Right. 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 And um, and that's, you know. That's the, part of the learning curve. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just am so excited by this topic. Like sometimes you in the early days, one bad thing that can happen is you come up with enough accidental stuff that anyone could say that you like think you're doing it. But then at a certain point, you're going to crash against the reality which is that it only goes so far and if you right. I feel like if you're really going to be keep if you're going to if it's going to be sustainable you do have to figure out what kind of stuff you say and nobody else does yes yes and one of the suggestions that i was given early on was that um that if you make it personal 
Mm-hmm. You know, you could talk about the, this was a, a very, uh, this is the advice that Vanda Mikulowski gave me in 1984, which was you can talk about really broad things like isn't punk rock dumb yep. or isn't that I and then but you have to make it your own. And everybody could do that because how were you introduced to punk rock? Did your brother show you a thing? And, you know, yeah. is that. You know, it's a lot of comics do stuff about traveling. A lot of comics do stuff about television and people are people. Everybody travels. Everybody watches television. You just have to make it your own. And that goes back to that. You're your only constraint. Mm -hmm. But what about like novels and stuff? Like when I think about there's a comic out of the UK who just wrote he's writing a series and his first novel was so successful and it's and it quite honestly, it's adorable and interesting and funny. And it isn't stand-up comedy funny. It's just funny. Hmm. And it's called the Thursday Murder Club. Ooh. I think they're gonna make a TV show or a movie or something. Um it's he's a British comic named Richard Osman. Okay. He looks like sort of a not as regular featured Greg Proops. Like he's a giant, <laughs> he's a giant guy. <laughs> and um and he's super funny, and he's on that game show Taskmaster in the UK. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. For a season right. or something. But he has written, it's set in a retirement home. And so he's writing these four older characters who are pensioners, who are retirees. Mm-hmm. And they are all fascinating people. But it has that light touch that a comic might write fiction in. Mm. But I don't know how he's doing it because i would like to write fiction and he's got this light light touch that i i would love to write like that i feel like writing fiction and novels because like we're writers um we must be writing fiction and novels feels to me like the most incomprehensible thing that's the closest to what I do. Like I would not <laughs> know how to put my foot first foot down in writing a novel, which I've read enough writers to know that they say stuff like just start writing. But yep. that's one of those pieces of advice that's like just make it personal <laughs> where you're like, okay, I get intellectually why that would make sense, but I still don't get how to do it. And it is just like you have to decide you're going to do it and then you start figuring it out. Right. I think it's probably one of those practice makes perfect kind of learn skill kind of thing where you if you just did start writing. Yeah. Eventually you would figure out what you were writing. Yes. Um, I and it might take 70,000 words to figure that out, which would feel which literally feels like cutting my own throat. But um, because because the thing about stand up is the instant gratification. So. Right, 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 right. Doesn't occur. Yeah. Did you ever read The Phantom Tollbooth? Yes. Norton Juster? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a part um, that stuck with me from the end of that kid's book where uh, the king says to the boy before he goes on the quest, like, I have to tell you something about this quest, um, but I can only tell you when you come back. And so that's like set up at the beginning of the novel. And then the boy, the novel happens, the boy, spoiler alert. In the children's book, the boy <laughs> he doesn't die horribly on the way. Right, children's book written forty years ago. 
<laughs> and so he comes back and the king says hey so remember that thing and the kid says yeah and the king says this quest is impossible it can't be accomplished and the kid's like but i did it and the king's like i know if i had told you before you left like you wouldn't have been able to do it and so oh. um sometimes i feel like comedy and show business careers feel like that and kind of just like life in general where you're like my god if somebody told me you know what I mean? Like to whatever milestones I have attained, like what would be involved in getting here? It's not, it hasn't even been that hard. I just am not that tough where I'm like, this right. has been a lot of fucking work. So it feel, I feel like at the thought of like writing 70,000 words before I start being like, even on the board with writing a novel, I'm just like, man, what an endeavor. Hats off British guy who wrote the Thursday Murder Club. Right, right. And, and I will say that, that I think that everybody who likes a murder mystery or who, who likes to read fiction mm -hmm. would like these books because of how much he made them his own. You know, I mean, when you think about the elderly, you're like, oh, they're old. They can't move. And uh, nobody, does that, <laughs> just you, you're a dick. So, but the thing is, is you, you, we forget what the jobs they used to do, right? the information uh, so his four characters uh, is a woman who was clearly an mi6 or mi5 or whatever yeah. james bondy thing right she was clearly a spy the one of the other women was a nurse uh one of the guys was a union organizer rabble rouser and the other guy was a psychiatrist psychologist uh, i think psychologist and um so that is quite honestly a great scooby-doo team it is and and there's he writes character really good because he's been staring at people doing stand up comedy for 25 years and he could pretty much find a good place to enter into somebody's psyche from it. Right. And whenever you enter into somebody's psyche, you have to make a choice whether you're going to do it sort of with love or with 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 hate. Right. You, it's good. There's going to be judgment every time. But you if you did it with with are you did you just put in headphones yes oh my god i'm so sorry okay so the local will not be uh, of much use but we still have the zoom recording so do you yep all good no sweat. okay i'm rolling i'm re-rolling uh garage band audio now no, don't, don't worry about don't it do don't it. worry about Ugh, it yeah i'm so sorry it. dude it's been a while yeah yeah it's uh it is an exciting time and plus i keep telling stories um <laughs> this is your dork dump so <laughs> um okay you have zoom zoom audio it's okay yeah it's all good okay Ugh. yeah we're good because we're, Sorry, at, we're yeah no no we're uh we're at halfway so we're, okay. we're doing great we're doing great then let me jump back in so i hope there's a cut point here um that is it's just making me think how much genre is a constraint and so maybe if i were going to write a novel one way i would jump in was would be like okay I, i'm going to do a murder mystery because there's all these things that already are set up that i know i have to do um, mm -hmm. So maybe that's one way in which this kind of thing is like, that's a constraint. Uh, I think like if you, if you have like picking a genre. Yeah. And just to loop it back to my dorkdom, that is part of what appeals to me about a super vocalic. They're so rare. So when you do find one and it's basic, you can sense it. And when you find one that's really special, like Michael Burton, MD stacked on top of medical group, you're like, oh my God, this is so good. It's like yeah. such a great example of this very specific thing. And you know, that like crowds love specificity on stage. Yep. Yeah, they do. If, could you write, um, 
a crossword that was all super vocalics or could you write a could could that chicken guy write a book so okay so here's what this brings up for me there are definitely crossword puzzles that are univocalic like it becomes oh, right. quickly apparent that they're only that they're pulling a stunt and there's only one vowel the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Now, in a crossword puzzle, they're already so constrained. There's tons of constraints at play with how grids work and how many, how long words can be. And like the fact that they all have to every box has to go both across and down. They're like very constrained. So then when you put a theme constraint on top of that, like you only have one vowel, there's like sliders and there's, and one of them is like how enjoyable it is to solve. And that one starts diminishing at a certain point. So that's kind of like where the elegance of the crossword puzzles come in. Um, I feel like a novel that was written, um, there actually is a famous novel. um, It was written in French and it's called uh, La Disparation, The Disappearance. And it's written without the vowel E, which like in English is the most common vowel in French. It's by a guy named Georges Perec. And the book's all about actually like meaning from constraint. The book's about his parents being killed in the Holocaust, which they were. And so the ubiquity of the letter E, which interestingly doesn't appear in the word ubiquity or ubiquitous, but it is the most ubiquitous vowel in the English language. The letter E doesn't appear throughout the whole novel. And that's like, you know, he uses it as a metaphor for like the, the centrality of having your parents yanked away from you. It's like as big a loss as like, you can still navigate life without it, but it's like an an E being disappeared from your, from your language. You know, I used to judge that pretty harsh. I mean, I saw, did you ever see Rumblefish? Whenever, whenever a a movie means something, it's a, it was a book from, um, from Outsiders, Hinton, right? Hinton. Hinton. Yeah. Yeah. So it was Mickey, Rourke, Mickey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it was in black and white, except for the goldfish. Because uh, oh. he was like the goldfish, Zach. Uh. Anyway, um, it was also, but that is, I forget who, who directed Mulholland Drive. Oh. Um, that guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's uh, very, Lynch. very, Lynch, David Lynch. Whenever I watch a David Lynch movie. Yeah. He, enj- I mean, I would love to have him on the Dork Forest for any number of reasons. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> numbers but on that up. Numbers, yeah, numbers. Talk about that. But it is, it's definitely a dorkdom the way he does movies. Yeah. Because it's almost like he's sitting next to you, like we are all with our dorkdoms and our and our nerd cred, going, get it, get it. Did you see that thing? Right. And so it's hard for me to watch David Lynch movies because I feel like he's sitting next to me, going, how cool is this? Right? Did you see what I did right there? Can you believe I pulled this off? It's it's weird, right? It's a, you get it? And so it's hard for me to watch his stuff, but I think if I met him and he just, and he was, and I was, I don't know, made self aware of that he knows that it's a dorkdom and that he knows, Uh I think I would enjoy his work much better. You know, that I could come from a place where he's like, these are my constraints that I've artificially created because it it makes me write better. It makes me, Mm perform better it makes me create better mm-hmm. that that gives me more of a sense of of hope for for whatever somebody's doing you know 
Yes. And I so appreciate the elegance of um, like an author or a filmmaker who is like not standing in front, like waving and pointing at themselves, like the whole time you're reading or watching, like, yeah, it can be really distracting and, and get it in could the way. Pull you, yeah. It could pull you out of the, out of the situation. But I suppose to some extent, it's no different than using like the hardest yarn to knit with, mm. you know, like if you want to, oh, oh. Yeah. Like if you want to make a hat, but you want to make it out of spider webs, right? Or whatever right. would be the hardest wow. thing to knit with, right? <laughs> I like that choice you just made. It's a, a t-shirt that says improv. I feel like you just did a gift. That's it. Improv. The spider web hat. The spider web hat. Um, Diva Zappa yeah. was on the Dork Forest and she talked about how she tries to use really hard yarn sometimes. Oh, yeah, and, that was too specific for you just to have pulled up. I mean, I was like, well, wow. it was a re- it was a reference that was pulled from, you know, yes. there's, you know, 900 episodes. So right. there's going to be some specificity. <laughs> so, I love it. So so people who know most people are just like, oh, great, a hat. But then people who are like, wait, this is knitted with whatever yarn, Everest yeah, yarn. Yeah, yeah. The gossamer wings. Gossamer wings. And, and uh, I don't even all I know I, that. Yeah. And that takes so much um, humility and like, I feel like maturity on the part of the person to just be like, I aspire to that, to just be like, yeah, I did this. And like, it's going to be cool any level you appreciate it at. But like for the people who really are like keyed in, they're going to be like, oh my God, what? Like to just trust that and not be like this. And by the way, this is really hard. Like most people couldn't pull off what I did. Right, right. Without without tooting your own horn. It's yeah. it's sort of it's it's literally like the 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 thing I think that you could aspire to when when with anything super specific, the thing that comes to mind for me are like the reason I think the Marvel movies are better mm. is it it's clearly made by people that have spent their noses in a long box looking at really weird and rereading comic books, you know? Right. And right. so they can place all these, you know, the creation of the Easter egg itself, you know, whether it's Marvel or, or anything. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, creativity, the, the, the constraint thing is amazing. That's a, that's a really interesting way to jumpstart any kind of creativity. I think. Mm-hmm. Ch- Chance the rapper last week put out a new thing. That's called a bar about a bar. And um he he's like it's not like the kind of jokes like not like in jokes where a guy walks into a bar but a different kind of bar and also like bars like you know versus musical measures of rap music um but uh and lyrics but um it's the video for it is like a a video of him doing a writing exercise like so he just is like it starts with him being like okay, here's what I have so far. And he like looks into a notebook and starts reading and then a music video blossoms and flourishes out of it. But um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So um, people, it's, it's a tool. We, people know about it. The constraint thing it helps yeah. get it going. Yeah. I think, um, well, however you work with, and it can be anything as usual, but we're talking about words. I'm here with Zach Sherwood, by the way, I feel free to see. Is, it, is there a ZachSherwin.com that people could check your tour dates? Um, crosswordshow.com is where the tour dates are. And okay. I just, I can't stop doing it. If you write out.com, um, that's univocalic with O's crosswordshow.com. None of the there. other vowels, but, um, awesome. 
Yes. So at crossroadshow.com, we're doing um, a week of shows in July, a little bit over a week on the East Coast. So around New England and New York and Boston and the D.C. area, Arlington, Virginia, technically. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll be doing the um, an adapted version of the show that you did in Austin. Um, nice. Yeah. So, so that's fun. Cool. I'm excited for it. Um, Are there going to be new crosswords? Is there a sixth coming that I'm you'll deep be in, touring I'm with? Yeah. Deep in number six. Um, okay. I'm writing it. And yeah. when it exists again, we'll start doing it in LA. Um, awesome. It's Jackie. I love this show. I just, I, I won't gush too much, but every time I'm like, oh man, how the hell am I going to like top myself with the last one? And um, it just, so far, I keep feeling like I've been able to do it. And it's really, it's great. I haven't had a project I've been this excited about. It just right. feels like rapping and comedy and wordplay and like hosting are the kinds of things that I like feel like I like to do. And so that show, I get to do all of them in like one little universe. Right. And whatever those words are, you said that, 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 that pops you to write something about pelicans or whatever Mm -hmm. that is. So that is, it's, it's gotta be helpful that there's, that it creates its own, it sort of creates its own content. Yes, it does. But there is also a really juicy creative challenge for me, which is like, okay, do I care about pelicans insofar as I like animals and find them basically interesting? Sure. But finding out how to like make it pertain to me or to like, not just be like completely soulless, like edutainment about pelicans. Didn't you do a video about Sully and the birds? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, Goose MCs. Yes, it's mm-hmm. uh, Andy quotes one of the lines all the time. Don't make me swan up. Yep, that's the yeah. line he quotes. Don't make me swan up. And I'm uh, honored. Yes, and then to sometimes you Andy brain space, brain space, and then sometimes he will just swan up. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so the yeah, what um, people should go see that. What uh, yeah, it's on my YouTube, which is just Zach Sherwin. But we we choreographed a Swan Lake homage at a little theater in downtown LA, and it is a balletic reenactment of Chesley Sullenberger landing the plane in the Hudson River. That's it. That's it. So uh, check it out because it is fascinating. And one of the things I do love about your work is that the commitment to the 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 small thing the thing that you that just grabs your attention and and it might be a huge thing like everybody was into sully right everybody was like mm. that was amazing i was in a cab when it happened in new york city Whoa. and the ca- and the cab picked me up and he, he said a plane just landed on the hudson and i was like what what are you listening to and i thought it was like some right-wing radio and he goes no i was just on the wow. and it just happened and i was like well, that's nuts. He goes, I know. I think people live too. Wow. And, uh, what a time when um, big things happened and they were good. Yeah. Right. How great was that? Those were the days. Uh, uh, do you ever feel like you want to write the thing that can like in like buy the world a Coke? You ever think that you can, you can, you could write something that'll just sort of fix stuff. Oh, I see what you mean. Do I feel like that drive to do that? Yeah. Do you ever aspire to that kind of thing? Or do you ever, because I don't aspire to it, but I find that sometimes I have written something mm. that people will come up and go, well, that actually helped. Wow. And, and most of the time it's just, well, I would say 98, 99% of my material is just, well, that cheered me up. This day was a, <laughs> this day was a pain in the ass. <laughs> That's fascinating. Um, 
I, the thing that's coming to mind is that in 2015, I saved a duck and it was a really weird, intense, funny, like Sounds. ultimately very meaningful experience. Um, I got him like, he was going to be killed and I got him like rehomed at an animal shelter um, oh. in an animal sanctuary in New Mexico. It was wild. It was like, it was a whole thing. And I made a few videos about it and I wrote a trilogy of raps, like laying out the saga. Um, and then I made music videos for them, which are also on, it's called, they're called duck one, duck two and duck three. They're on my YouTube channel. I can't stop writing uh, about waterfowl apparently. Right. Between apparently you, and there, there's, there's, right. There's um, an album. There's an EP there. Just yeah. Put that's that right. out. And... Four songs of the way. <laughs> and um, that was the, I mean, to me, I'm like, that's the only meaningful, like, I just feel like, I love my material so much, but I rarely feel like I punch through and say something that like actually, you right. know, has that, some weight to it or something that, that might have freed the slaves or something. It's not. Well, it, the thing is, it's so unlikely that it that it is that right. I mean, there's there's so much pressure. Or at least I feel some pressure. Let's talk about me mm. because it isn't everybody, but I feel some pressure to try to do like I wrote this weird they them joke, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a good joke. And it just sort of in in at its best, it acknowledges the pronouns and the mm -hmm. fact that it's not that big of a fucking deal. Mm -hmm. And um, but is it the best joke I've ever written? It doesn't I've I've talked myself into a corner here because it actually doesn't matter if it's the best joke I've, I've ever written because it was the joke that I wrote mm -hmm. and now it is on an album and it can't it doesn't matter if it mm. was because the best joke I've ever written might be the next joke right or um what currently is the, the best okay Zach I think you should take over it's well no I'm like I'm I, I relate so hard because I feel like at first the challenge when one is being creative is like to just say anything at all. Like you have to figure out. And so then I feel like the next one is, let me also personalize it. My original challenge was just figure out what the fuck to say. And right. er, when I figured it out, I was like, oh my God, I have all this stuff that I want to say. And then I was like, okay, now you need to like, make it better and also like getting more personal is like the next challenge and like being real and and opening up and then i feel like for me i'm still working on that and then i feel like the next challenge after that is going to be like then expanding it even more universally and like talking about the world and making it like as good as the stuff that was like the wacky stuff at first and then the personal stuff next yes um so you have to get on the board, then you have to figure out who you are. And then like, if you're interested in it, and I don't think you need to be, but you like the funnel goes even wider. Yeah. As, as you, the world gets slightly bigger. Like I haven't seen the George Carlin documentary and I mm -hmm. won't, I let's face it. Same, same. Um, right. I just, I'm sure it's wonderful. Yes. But, um, but I do get the sense without all the information that's why I have the dork forest. It's about enthusiasm. You guys is that, um, <laughs> The uh, the point is that when he first started out, he was just trying to get on the board mm -hmm. and he got on the board and he and he wrote good jokes about the things around him. Mm -hmm. And then he, as it got more and more personal, the world became bigger. You mm -hmm. know, weirdly enough, the more you look inside, the more you're aware of what's happening around you and you can write these bigger 
topics. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of his career, I think the last set of his I thought I saw was probably in the early 90s, maybe in the late 80s. But it was it was so sociopolitical. I mean, it was to the point of being political, political, naming names kind of things. Right. 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 Where he was like, I don't we're going to be talking about the earth. We're going to be talking about the universe. We're going to be talking about the atoms. So it's going to be this, this, his, his, the specificity led to the whole universe and the whole of, and the whole of justice versus injustice, you know, a good life and a bad life. And, and it made it, it felt like, it felt like something to aspire to that, that if you could write, so specifically, it's about everyone. Yes. And you said earlier about my stuff that I do that like I seem to like zero in on something really small. And then like the joke part of it, part of the joke is like blowing it up to these like epic high stakes proportions. But I feel like that's kind of how I feel about. I mean, what you're saying about Carlin is that he would like pounce on a thing and like hold it up and then like, you know, like a TARDIS looks like a phone booth, but it turns out to contain this whole dimension inside, throwing a bone to the dork forest um, <laughs> sort of culture. Uh, like these small things turn out to contain like enormous, enormous things inside and sort of like behind their external facade. And so, um, yeah, I, I relate to that with, I relate to that with Carlin. And I feel like that's like a lot of creativity in general. You're like, I'm just this little pocket of like reality manifesting in life, but like it all kind of ties back to the central hub, not to get too far out there. I hope that made sense. Oh, it made sense. And it's, um, this entire episode has been out there. This entire, I mean, cause it, cause it, it started with that, with, with the, the boutique wordplay, mm-hmm. right. Which if you, the, the more specific, the sentence, mm. it contains multitudes, right? I mean, is there. Is there anything that we like? I always think to myself because we're, you know, we're almost we're five minutes out from an hour, wow. and um, yeah. So you were right; it does go fast. It goes fast. So there's there's your published works. Let's tell people that if they want to hear your raps, they can mm. they can hear your albums, right? Yes, you can. Um, that stuff's all on my website and um, ZachSherwin.com. Yeah. 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 You know, I haven't put out an album in years and actually the next one I'm going to put out is the original cast recording for the show you saw Um, without giving anything too much away. It has way more music than most of my crossword shows do. Usually there's just an across clue rap and then a down clue rap and then a grand finale rap. But this one has nine original songs plus some like bonus material. So, (laughs) so instead of three, there's nine. Yeah. I wrote an album for this. So I'll be putting that out later this year, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The albums are out there. Can I sneak in one last dorkdom before we adjourn? Oh, please. And and there's always the thing about the dork forest and hear this Rangers. Sometimes you got to take control back from me. So (laughs) rest it back. Zach Sherwin. Let's hear it. So the other thing that it occurred to me to talk about was I'm a journal dork. Um, I had a, I graduated from college in 2002 and I had a job as a paralegal at a law firm and I'm real rule follower E and I'm very suggestible. Like when I read stuff about like routines that successful people have, I have to like tell myself just cause you read that and they do it doesn't mean you need to start adding it to your already considerable like uptight schedule and burdens. Right. But 
I was just out of college and this lawyer I worked for tossed like a daily planner that some he got like in a swag bag or something. And he was like, here, see if you can use this for anything. And I was like, it changed my life. And so I started journaling daily and it's turned into 20 years later, I like keep a journal daily of everything like major that happened the day before. And now I'm going back through and typing up my old hard copy journals into Google Docs. And so I'm going on this reverse tour of my life, like on a granular day-to-day basis. And so I'm currently typing up what happened to me in 2006. And it's getting to the point where I'll like type stuff up and be like, I have no memory of any specific thing this day. Um, And so the project will conclude in 2002, but it is weird time travel. And I was like, I'm going to talk about this with Jackie and I'm going to look and see when the first mention of Jackie in my journals is. And Oh, because you'll be able to search in your Google Doc if it happens. That's why I'm typing yeah. them up, because I want to be able to access all the data. But so on <laughs> the first mention of you in the first mention of you in my journals is July 28th, 2015. It says, then to Jackie Cations for Dork Forest, Cryptics, Eminem, Sandman, Saw Tiberius the Lizard. Ah, uh, and Tiberius passed away. I know. Uh, 2018, 2018, 23 years old, Tiberius was. And um, July 28th, uh, that was the year 2015. Yeah, I just, that was the year I turned 50. 5 Yeah, big year. Didn't do anything. A lot of people you know, do things. I'm not much of a numerologist. Same. So, or a um, birthday guy. Or, or a birthday person. I'm just like, okay. It'll be fine. There was one birthday that was super fun. See, you're going to have to rest it back from me. Uh, No. So um, you will actually, by the way, like that Thursday murder club, because one of the narrators, there's sort of a narrator and then there's Mm -hmm. a a first person narrator and the first person narrator is keeping a journal. Oh, I love it. So you might enjoy that. I'm going to check it out. And your recommendation goes a long way with me. Um, I'm aware that there are, I'm aware of like two other people who I've heard do this obsessive daily journaling thing Mm -hmm. and they're both Republican politicians. So, um, it makes me sort of introspect a little bit about, um, where some of it might be coming from, but I feel, you know, whatever. Well, you know, I kept a diary, uh, journal. Uh, Uh I think I turned it into, uh, from when I think I was about eight years old, eight or nine years old until I started doing standup and then I got notebooks. Right. Yeah, which are which are comedy notebooks are a journal uh, in a of, of a, a sort. Of sort. It, it it definitely tells you what you're thinking about because mm-hmm. you see set lists and you see set lists and you see set lists. And in some ways, they're more meaningful than like a mechanical accounting of the major events of the day because you're like, okay, this is what I was actually thinking and feeling, as opposed and, to like I went to see cousin David or whatever it is. Right, right. My initial journaling was mostly I saw Star Wars again today. <laughs> you know, you're just like, all right, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I read Harriet the Spy. I wanted to have a journal. So uh, Spy was awesome really was i love that book i i am sport did i what did you read sport i did not is that the other book by her uh it's about sport was one of the characters one of the side characters he got his own book harriet made some appearances anyways i please don't let me cut you off oh no i was just gonna say i'm trying to read her um biography oh yeah and she i had to stop reading it because she sounds like a real pill oh but no she, yeah she died early though she uh she died at like 42 or and she only started writing when she was like 35. What? Yeah, it was a quick one. 
and um wild yeah it was wild and um yeah she sounded like a bit of a button pusher but you know what that's what harriet would have grown up to be a totally total button pusher she was a freaking spy harriet took Uh, no shit no shit was taken and she gave no fucks yeah so and she came from money so she didn't have to right and, uh, she, she had some a nice platform from which to hoard the fucks right <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay so we are at 59 minutes you guys zach sherwin z-a-c-h-s-h-e-r-w-i-n that is neither a super vocalic or a univocalic no voca- vocalic vocalic, vocalic. Mm-hmm. yeah depending on what my middle name is zach you know something sherwin could be uh, could make it happen, but it's not. Have you thought about creating a, a new middle name? So it could yes. be. <laughs> <laughs> Are you willing to tell us what one of those might be? Oh, I, I just considered it in the last 15 seconds. I haven't <laughs> devoted any thought yet. Uh, Rangers, we're going to have Zach back on. We're going to find out what his uh, fictional <laughs> middle name will be so that he could be a super vocalic. And I will um, tell you this. Yeah. yeah. Let me offer one while I'm here. Because life's short and who knows? Right. The, the universe you can slip on a amazing. banana peel. Exactly. Right when we hang up. Okay. Um, Zach Donut Sherwin would be um, super vocalic <laughs> if you spell it D-O-N-U-T. And who wouldn't want their middle name to be Donut? Uh, Everybody? It's Andy and I have a recurring joke where uh, the name of our child, and as I approach 60, we have to continue making it. Uh, it's going to be Donut. Making the child. Yeah, making the child, <laughs> naming that child, and it is currently Donut Ashcraft. Oh, come so, on. That's uh, fantastic. Too many A's, though. So. Uh, Could have gone with a uno, univocalic, though. Yeah, you're right. But Zach, it is always a joy and a super fun time to hang out with you. Thank you so much for doing the Dork Forest. I am so honored to be pals with you after all these years. I think the world of you and this was a joy. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?